What's up, everybody? This is Road Tripping Along the Military Highway. I am Sam, and I am accompanied by my beautiful wife, Monica. How are you? I'm dandy. You are dandy. Very dandy dandy. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you're putting on a good face. You're still kind of congested, but yeah. it's getting there. Yeah, it's, it's been, a, been a long one. Almost two weeks now. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I haven't been sick since November of 2019, so this is the first cold or whatever well i think it's the stress of moving and then i think it's i mean obviously you're still working so you have job stress and then you know weather weather yes we were hitting the roller coaster of the weather here yeah it's crazy we were hitting record highs around christmas time and then now it's we're on a snow day (laughs) so you, you just yeah it's crazy What's going on here? What's crazy is we've been here four years, basically, and we haven't had a snow day until this year. Now we've, this is the second one in a week. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it because it gives us time to pack and we can do Uh some things to get ready to leave. So yeah, by all means. And pack we have, we are getting down to basically the bare necessities Yeah, out. Most everything else is packed up. It's crazy what you can live without. Yes. You know, for weeks or even months. We're going to be in an RV for quite a while. Yeah. So we're going to. We are not going to have yeah. a lot. Yeah, you know, I was going through my shoes yesterday and today and just trying to decide what I was going to keep out. And us women, we like our shoes and our yes. purses. And mm-hmm. so to pare that down was slightly difficult for me. The struggle is uh, real. I pared it down to maybe 10 pairs. <laughs> <laughs> you well, still have to have different colors. Like, you can't just wear the same color for six months or nine months or however long we're going to be in the RV. Well, I mean, we're going to be there in the summertime, so I'm not going to be wearing shoes. I mean, I'll obviously go to work, but I'm going to be wearing sandals. That and, I did. I kept out my tennis shoes, but all yeah. my boots and covered, most of my covered shoes, are. I did pack, and I just kept out my sandals and um, heel, a couple of pairs of heels for just in case. Um, it is nice that I do get to work from home. And so house yes. slippers and robes. Exactly. <laughs> it's very nice. Well, if you're keeping track like we are, and we're definitely keeping track, but three weeks from today, from today, we'll be leaving this past week. We, went to staples we got our our cards printed our in the name of love cards our Mm -hmm. microsite leader you know kind of like a business card Uh and then cards for the church you know advertising the microsite right that's another step oh yeah towards Mm -hmm. what are and they look good too but what are the in the name of love cards just for everybody in the name of love cards is what um the church uses for outreach Mm -hmm. when we do an outreach event we, depending on what it is, whatever it is, we hand the people uh, in the name love cards. And it tells them what happened. You know, this is just an act of kindness and showing mm-hmm. that God loves you. And then it'll give a... No strings attached. No strings attached, yep. And then it'll give the, the service times, usually, mm-hmm. for the church yeah. and locations. Um, ours are going to be a little different, obviously, because we're still in the the planning stages of when we're going to meet and all that but right we don't have the service times on there yet but we do have contact information yes if anybody wants to get in touch with us but mm-hmm. yeah they look good we like having them to hand out when we do outreach and that's part of the plan to to start out with is to yep. 
start out networking and and do some outreach mm-hmm. well on this this coming monday the 24th we're gonna be we had meeting at the church the mm-hmm. staff and pastors and leaders are gonna pray for us and then we're gonna get our church in a box i'm looking forward to it yeah it's gonna be good yeah and definitely something that we can uh just hang on to as we as we head out that way mm-hmm. last podcast we started a series titled the d's of the devil and part one was on despair and how he uses despair to get you off track, to sideline you, to sidetrack you from the calling that God's placed on your life. And today we're going to talk about doubt, mm-hmm. which is part two. And doubt is another tactic that the enemy loves to use to get you off base, get you off kilter, to intimidate you. In, in what God has called for you, your life. Genesis 1 and 2, the first two books of the Bible, talks about God and he is creating heaven and earth, creates man and woman. He creates all the animals in the Garden of Eden. And then he gives Ab and Eve these instructions, say, hey man, the, the world's your playground. Just don't touch the tree of good and evil. Don't eat from it mm. or, you know, you'll die. He sends them off to be fruitful and multiply. It's what he commands them to do. And then we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter three. It's the beginning of the chapter. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say? Ooh, those there's four, that doubt. Those four words changed the course of human history and so doubt in the minds of God's people. After hearing from God on your calling, the enemy will try and do the same thing. He will try and sow doubt into your mind. And it comes so easily and so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just it's really important, too, just to... Keep yourself in prayer and then to have those partners in prayer with you, because as, as you mentioned, I mean, the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. And I, he doesn't want us to live in the blessing that God has for us. Exactly. And you can read in the new Testament, the gospels about the, the sower of the, or the, the farmer that went out to sow seed. And then, you know, one instance seed fell on the ground and then it was immediately snatched up. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's what the enemy wants you to do, wants to do, wants to happen. He doesn't want God's plan for your life to come to fruition. So he asked Eve, did God really say? Initially, Eve gave him the correct answer. Uh, however, with a caveat, Genesis 3, verses 2 to 3, said, The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. God never commanded Eve that they couldn't touch it. He said, do not eat from the tree of good and evil. So you see, like you guys, have you ever played the game of telephone? You know, you're all sitting in a circle and then mm-hmm. somebody says something in there and, you know, whispers in their ear and then it comes around all the way around the circle and then it ends up being something totally different. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a classic example. So, I mean, Eve already was getting off base of what God initially told her. 
This addition to God's word by Eve and the distorting and distorting his directive demonstrates the serpent's challenge to God's command was working. So it showed that, I mean, those seeds of doubt were sowed that quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was already kind of questioning. It's like, well, yeah, he did. And then it ended up producing sin and disobedience into the world. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it's amazing to see how fast something can get derailed. Yeah. How, how quickly doubt can creep in Yeah, and how easily, and we all do it. It's, yeah. can I, you're going to do something. Can I really do that? Yeah. You know, and you start doubting yourself and you start doubting what God has given you and the talents God has given you yeah. or when you feel God has given you a word and something's about to take place or you need to do something. And did he really say that? Yeah. You know, so easily. Yeah. Well, and in, it doesn't need to be also, it, it, it doesn't need to be something huge. You know, it, I mean, be faithful in the little things. Even even the little things can make a huge impact mm-hmm. in other people's lives, in your own life you know, in the lives of the community that you, that you do life with. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to, to be obedient and to take faith steps instead of sitting on the sidelines, just questioning and, and running it through your head and letting doubt produce a tree that, you know, ends up defiling what was supposed to happen. And another way to doubt doesn't necessarily have to mean that you question what was said or what you should do, but it could also be when something happens, oh, that was just coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, God is not in the business of coincidences. No. Everything happens for a reason, On for a purpose. purpose and for a purpose. Yep. And so it's not coincidence. You don't have to doubt that mm-hmm. it was God. Yep. Romans eight twenty eight, he uses all things, you know, for his glory. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, it's not coincidence, but if something bad happens or something remotely bad happens or we think it's bad, then it's like, see, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. See, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be carrying out this or, or acting this way or, you know, going to talk to him. I, I knew that they were going to blow me off or talk to her. It's like, I knew she was going to shut me down. I knew she was going to, you know, they were going to trash me on Facebook for reaching out to them is like, well, um, you don't know what God's doing in their heart. Right. And it takes time. Right. We are so got to have a now mentality in the country and in, in the world. And, and God doesn't operate that way. It's always on his timing and it's always for his purpose. Mm-hmm. The question is how can we eliminate doubt when walking with God? And these are going to be four areas that Monica and I use and have kind of leaned on and continue to lean on when we're walking with God and when we're beginning to start a new season, just like we're about ready to start with moving PCS into a new assignment in Nellis Air Force Base and then starting the microsite. And the first thing is you have to know your enemy. Uh, you like it or not. Um, when you become a Christ follower, uh, congratulations, you are in a battle. You have an enemy. Uh, you are part of the kingdom of light, but there is a kingdom of darkness. And you have to know who the enemy is. Perfect example is the NFL playoffs. Tomorrow they, they pick up again on Saturday. And I don't, I don't know when Tennessee plays, but 
I know that the team playing the Tennessee Titans, their main objective is going to be shut down the run in Derrick Henry. Because if they do that, they're going to have a decent chance of winning. And just like you and just like me, you have to know who your enemy is so you can decipher their tactics and be able to, to defend against those tactics. First Peter 5, 8-10 through 10 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is un- undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Mm-hmm. So, so that is one or a couple characteristics of the enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Now, the word roaring should not frighten you. And the reason why is lions, when they attack their prey, they do not roar. So roaring is a tempt of, attempt of intimidation. But is it really a threat? No. No. The enemy wants to distract you, wants to sow doubt. And and they, when you hear a roar, you're going to look. Exactly. When you hear a roar, you're going to look. Whatever that is. And then you need to decipher and be like, mm, is this a threat? You know, is, is this actually something that God is warning me on or is it smoke and mirrors? Right. I know my job, I mean, that's my job in the military. Well, right now I go out and look for threats that might be, you know, associated against our forces and, and it's deciphering. It's like, well, we have these defenses. Is that really a threat anymore? It's the same thing for you guys. It's the same thing for us. Is that roar? Is it, is it a threat to us or can we ignore it? And then John... Because we have the proper defenses in place. Exactly. We have the proper defenses in place, which is reading the Word of God and, and trusting in His Word. And we'll, we'll get more to that, more into that later on here. Uh, John 10.10 10 says, The thief, which is the enemy, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Along with knowing your enemy, the second aspect of eliminating doubt when in your walk with God is reading his word. Mm-hmm. You have to be in the Bible. You have to hear from the Bible what, what he is saying to you. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Think of back to the NFL analogy. Um, so you have your enemy that you planned your defense for. Your opponent. Mm-hmm. Your opponent. Yep. You got your your call sheet on the sidelines. Well, your call sheet is the Word of God. Mm. So the coach is calling in the place from the call sheet to say, yeah, don't worry about that because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about that. You are alive in Christ. Don't worry about that. You are complete in him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the call sheet, mm-hmm. God's Word. You, Those are the, the defenses and the tactics that you're going to use to defeat your enemy. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, a devotion I did the other morning a couple days ago. The theme of it was wisdom for those who ask. Mm-hmm. And as I did that devotion and read it, 
it just really stuck out to me. How many times have you heard someone say, or you've said it yourself, like, I wish I had a handbook for that. Exactly. You know, you say it, people, when you have kids, I wish I had a handbook for raising kids. For Mm -hmm. marriage, I wish I'd had a handbook for marriage. Yep. I wish I had a handbook for this or for that. Guess what? You do. We do. We have a handbook. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Standing strong on the word of God, the the (laughs) B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. Um, In it is all the wisdom that we could ever need. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the church's operational principles. The Mm -hmm. Bible is the handbook for life. Right. And as a believer, we believed it is breathed by God. Mm -hmm. Other people wrote the books. The apostles wrote different books in the Bible. But they were all... a lot of them were firsthand accounts of yep. walking with Jesus on earth yes. and the wisdom that he imparted mm-hmm. for that. And also, I'm noticing a theme here. You What's know, that? when we talked about despair, yep. one of the things for fighting despair it's God's was word. being in God's word. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I mean, you can, you can pick what side you're on. You can pick side of truth or you can pick on believing lies and you can choose to fester and manifest and and grow those ungodly beliefs or you can choose to grow and plant and well plant and grow and and meditate on godly beliefs and Mm -hmm. what god says and the godly beliefs exactly Mm -hmm. they're in the word of god exactly and it's totally up to you on what you want to do and how you want to defend against your adversary Step three that we use is sharing your thoughts. I don't know what happened there. (laughs) Sharing your thoughts or accountability or community groups. Um, We were designed for community. I am a very introverted person. Uh, I still need people in my life. I'm blessed to have a great woman that speaks into my life all the time. Not only her, but... uh, friends in the church and and pastors and and ministers and mentors that have been there before that have taken us alongside you know taken us under their wing Mm -hmm. and have trained us and mentored us along the way you know forever grateful for that those trusted people in your life share your thoughts with them right say hey man i I feel like you know god is telling me to do this what do you think or this is a word god has given me Mm mm-hmm and they can either validate it or they can be like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that that's appropriate for you at this time. Or I don't, I don't see you doing that. Or, um, Monica shoot kept me in the military pretty much because when we met, I was towards the end of my first enlistment. I'm like, ah, I'm going to get out. And then you're like, well, okay, but what are you going to do? What's your plan? Yeah. What's your plan? I'm like, Hmm. I never really thought about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, community groups, accountability partners. Right. And you're there for each other. And yeah, you're, you're there, there for each you're other. praying for each other. And mm-hmm. when you do share something and the next day or the next hour yeah. or the next week and doubt starts to creep in, yes, your community partner is there mm-hmm. to say, hey, remember? Yeah. 
This is what God's doing. Mm-hmm. Remember what we talked about. This is what you're supposed to do. Like, you don't need to doubt it. It's going to work out. Even when there are circumstances around that make it seem like it's not going to. Exactly. You can stay the path because exactly you know that this is what God's doing and this is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go get sidetracked by doubt. You don't exactly. have to get off track by doubt. And back to the football analogy, one of the... Loving the football right now, huh? It's, yeah. I mean, it's well, playoff it's season. playoff season. Yeah. And I feel it. I feel it's relevant. Uh, but, you know, we, we've been watching that uh, man in the arena, the Tom Brady mm-hmm. special. And it was the one Super Bowl when he, they were playing the Atlanta Falcons. And they were down 28-3 to in the third quarter. You talk about doubt mm-hmm. creeping in. But they kept showing Tom Brady... On the sideline, he's like, let's just get one score. Let's just get one score. You know, let's just get one score. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the same thing in life. You're, you're going to face adversity right. when you step out to do something. And you get, they those players, probably had, some of them, a lot of them probably had doubt mm-hmm. in their mind that they could overcome that score deficit oh, yeah. and win. Of course. And then when you start thinking that and you start mm-hmm. believing that, you're going to play it out like that. You're yep. going to play defeated. Yeah. Yeah, and well, we all know what happened in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. The goat. Yeah, the goat. But yes, so share your thoughts. An outside an outside perspective can enable you to to see blind spots in your life that may maybe you're not picking up on. It's like, well, you did know that this happened, or I'm like, oh wow, really? Um, so don't give up. Share your thoughts and keep pressing on. The last strategy to eliminate doubt in your walk with God is to remember your identity. If you have accepted, accepted Jesus as Lord and savior of your life, then you are a child of God. Mm -hmm. You are a part of his kingdom. You are adopted in to his family. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's big. Mm -hmm. Ephesians one verses four to five says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. So he already had it in mind, even before you were born. He's Mm -hmm. like, you are my child. He knew you. He knew you, Mm -hmm. yes. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And as a son or daughter, God wants to bless you and bestow favor upon you. Mm -hmm. He's a good father. I know when struggles come, it's always the question, why God? And we have experienced that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everybody has, mm-hmm. you know, hard times come and it's why God things do not work out the way we thought they would work out. And we, we question God, like, God, where are you at? Matthew seven eleven says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? God is good. I know that we we both know that that it's hard to stay positive, stay encouraged during times when we really can't see what God is doing. Mm-hmm. You need to remember your identity mm-hmm. and what He says about you. When the enemy says that you're shy, God says you're humble, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
When the enemy says that you're depressed, you're always down. And that doubt's creeping in. Yep. God says you're joyful and at peace in him. When the enemy says you're the problem, God says that you are delightful. And when the enemy says that you're an, you're a failure, God says that you are an overcomer and a conqueror. Those are some, mm. some dynamic, powerful statements that you just need to hold on to. When, when something happens and then you hear that voice or you just get that feeling, it's like, I knew this was going to happen. See, I I'm a failure. I'm a failure. You just need to stop that right now and say, nope. God says, I am an overcomer. I'm a conqueror in him. I am victorious. I have the victory by the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you just need to hold on to those truths. When he says you're inadequate, when the enemy says you're inadequate and tries to put you down, just remember that you are handcrafted in his image. I'll tell you a little something about inadequacy. Um, you know, I spent the last four years at JSOC. Um, you can read books about who's involved in JSOC and, and all the exploits they do. And then here I am, um, you know, and a master sergeant in the air force, just a security forces guy. And I'm like, Hmm, it kind of, kind of makes you feel a little inadequate. Mm. However, God says I was handcrafted in his image. God says I was perfectly made for a precise purpose. And I, and I don't know why, I was at JSOC for four years. I mean, maybe later on down the road or God will, God will show me and God will illuminate what he did, you know, with my time there. That is, you are not inadequate mm-hmm. regardless of who you are, regardless of what you do. You are not inadequate. Mm-hmm. You have a purpose and you just need to remember that when the enemy tries to show to sow anxiety, just remember and trust that you are secure and safe in in God's protection. Let's wrap up here. Another edition of, of road tripping, and we're gonna do our best to stay in in touch with you guys as we literally road trip down I forty <laughs> across the country. These are the uh, four areas that we use, and some of our defensive tactics that we use to, to silence doubt in our minds and. We pray and hope that you guys can take some of those and, and use them as well mm. when you start feeling doubt and inadequacy and, and those feelings arise. You can defend them and, and rebuff against them. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love and faithfulness to us. We ask that we would rest in your promise, that we would rest in knowing that we are sons and daughters of the kingdom, that we have victory in you, that we are overcomers, that we are conquerors in the name of Jesus, and that we have all that we need in you. And Father, I pray your your blessings upon my friends and family. Pray that you would be with them and help them to trust in you and in you alone. And Father, may you bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them and may you turn towards them and give them your peace. And we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.